You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? Happy New Year. Hope everyone's 2023 is off to a great start. Um, yeah, we're going to want to give you a show. It's a little, it's earlier in our day uh, than we typically record, uh, so the en- energy might be a little different. Maybe, at least maybe for me. Um, <laughs> kind of like hopped up. I've got some coffee here. About to finish my lunch, but... Anyways, you didn't hear about what we're doing today. You want to hear about what we're going to be talking about. So Avatar The Way of Water is about to hit $2 billion. We'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, there are, I guess, rumors or news swirling that uh, the Snyderverse might make its way over to Netflix. Uh, we didn't tell you about our final thoughts. Well, I won't. Uh, we'll, I didn't tell you my final thoughts on the Willow finale and the rest of that episode. We got our first episode of The Last of Us and uh, some other things that we'll probably stumble into. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the box office because last time we did a show, which was the 23rd. Wait, 23rd? Yeah, some, some, sometime. It was right after Avatar's opening weekend. So yeah, whenever that was. Um, we speculated that it wouldn't hit $2 billion. Right. We were incorrect. Boy, we were wrong. Yes, sir. Dead wrong. Uh, it certainly didn't seem like it was on that trajectory, um, but man, it has had ridiculous legs, Yeah, and it has just done, I mean, beyond phenomenal overseas. So a- as we record this on Monday afternoon, January 16th, um, where the, the final international numbers haven't come in, it's sitting at $1.9 worldwide. 1.3 of that is international. So 70% of its box office right now is international. Uh, and it's 570.3 million domestic, which is obviously nothing to sneeze at. No, certainly. I mean, even that's... Right, but, wow. but the international number is what's really surprising. And that's the thing that I thought wouldn't get it to 2 billion is because we've seen the international box office for like US films hasn't been what it what it was right like we haven't seen a movie like this that has just absolutely taken done a 70 percent of its box office international of this magnitude anyway and that's what this movie's done i mean it's over 200 million in china although it china's legs are probably kind of shorter now because there's like four or five big like actual chinese releases coming out over the next couple of weeks it's like a huge movie mm-hmm. release time for them over there mm-hmm. so avatar probably loses most of its screens over there uh, but you know considering most films haven't even gotten releases in china lately right uh that's a big number but but it's not the whole story i mean it still has done 1.1 billion international without china you know, it's setting all kinds of records in like every one of these markets. Like yeah. if you look, you look at all these international markets. I mean, it's done a hundred million, over a hundred, almost a hundred ten million in France, ninety three million in Germany, uh, forty million in Italy. 
The Netherlands, $20 million. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous numbers. $38 million in Spain, $69 million in the UK, $31 million from Brazil, forty, almost $45 million in Mexico. Uh, it's just, you know, it's all across, $45 million in Australia, $54 million in India. It's like shattered India box office records for, like, U.S. films. That's wild. Yeah, $88 million in South Korea. I mean, just crazy, crazy numbers. The and brand is strong. How? I have no idea because it's, I, it's, I don't even know a single person that I interact with like face to face, right? Not yeah. online people face to face in my daily that has actually seen this movie. Right. And yeah, I only know my brother went to go see it and he's like, dude, have you seen Avatar? I'm like, no. He's like, I was bawling. What? I was crying. I'm like, What? You were crying? <laughs> huh. He's like he's like it's he's like it's actually a really good story. I'm like, okay. well, wow, okay. That's different because uh, Yeah. This one was nothing to write home it's about. It's funny, before. you know, I was James Cameron who's his movies make a lot of money for the most part. That dude is King Midas. But you know, when you really look at James Cameron's history, like he's not the most original director in the world. Right, because no. the Terminator was actually taken from an episode of The Outer Limits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, called Robot, and um, and Aliens was a sequel, right, to Alien. Right. Even though it's great, it's was still you know not an original property. Titanic was basically like a night to remember with a boat. Right. You know, Avatar was Dances with Wolves with Blue People. Right. And I've heard from people like online talking that like there's moments in this film that are essentially like Titanic with blue people. Hmm. So um, he's just he's got a fascinating resume um, of success. But yeah, it, it's amazing to me that I, I don't I don't get it. I really don't. I, I get it. admittedly I just don't get it and I never will. I, I didn't like the first one at all. <clears throat> I, I don't know that I'm even ever going to watch this one. I might just out of curiosity. It's a million hours long and it's yeah. a universe That's that I just thing. don't care about at all. Dude, it's three hours and 15 minutes or yeah. something like that. Right, which and means less showing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's wild. That is and I know a lot of, you know, a lot of it is premium screens. You know, this is the type of movie that you pay, you know, the extra whatever oh, it is, right. you know, to go see in IMAX or Dolby Cinema or whatever, you know, premium format, 3D. So I know the, but that still doesn't explain $2 billion. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's still just, there's an insane amount of people going to see this and, and are clearly rewatching it for whatever reason. So it's just, yeah, I mean, look, Avatar is always going to be one of those franchises that i just will never understand the popularity of and great not that that matters because two billion dollars certainly supersedes my opinion right um so yeah i mean i guess they'll just keep making these things uh i mean uh, this is a surefire way of getting it in there right like three four five six seven eight nine ten um all back to back so we won't see the next (laughs) i don't you know I'm in the same boat. Uh, the first movie, I remember watching it. Saw it over here in Fresh Meadows. Um, after uh, some wing eating at Hooters. So if anyone who lives in Queens and you know exactly what I'm talking about, uh, there it is. Uh, anyway, so went went there and 
Yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, that was interesting. It was interesting because I'd never seen anything like it, but that was so long ago. Um, you know, I, I was like, how did they do all this anim- a- animated people? Da da da. da you know, it's like nothing I'd ever seen before. And and then the other part of it now is that, uh, well, I've seen this stuff, and there's not a calling for me. It's not like, oh, you got to go catch up on the next adventure of those two because the story was so blah to me. Yes. That and even the trailers haven't really done anything. This is a bunch of people, blue people swimming in water. It's like that's great. Um, but hey, you know what? It's a fantasy film, sci-fi, whatever you want to call it. It you know there isn't really any. There's no there's no strong contenders out there. If there isn't anything you want to see, like that's gonna you know that's gonna do the thing for you. Cool. The multiple viewings thing is like wild to me though. Like I, I love Spider Man. Uh, no way home. Yep. Ain't no way I was gonna watch that movie again. It was too long. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's. I guess people are just hooked into the whole cinema experience with this, right. this Avatar brand, this Avatar escapism world. of it. Maybe I guess I, I don't know. I mean, again, I I can't speak to it because I I didn't like. I have first of all, I didn't even see the first Avatar in theaters, and that was my biggest gripe with it was that when I actually watched it. At home, it was like, well, this story isn't that good. Like, yeah, so yeah, like you, you lost on the. Yeah, as far as I'm it. concerned, it's not a good movie if I have to see it in theaters to appreciate it, because a movie is story, it's it's acting, right? It's cinema, it's all, it's the combined efforts. And if I can't rewatch a movie, because I I'm never going to see, like, I'm going to watch a movie more times at home than I'm ever going to watch it in a theater. So if I don't want to watch a movie at home five six years later then it's to me it's not a good movie great cinema experience doesn't make for a great movie now maybe for people they're worth it's worth it for them like a like a ride i guess you know like you know like you pay money it's almost like going on a an amusement park ride to pay money to go sit there in the theater and experience this it's the only thing i could think of that would have the major appeal. I mean, granted, you know, it would be easier to, if we were talking to somebody who actually enjoys these movies, um, to understand what it is about it that they enjoy, um, aside from the obvious. Right. Because I just think we live in a time now where special effects are not enough for me because every movie has it now. Granted, maybe not to this level, but, um, Yep. You know, but but we it's not like a unique thing anymore. You know, it's like Terminator 2 when it came out was was revolutionary. Yeah, I mean they had to literally build the technology to do what they wanted to do. Yeah. I imagine it's the same. I guess. For this film in many ways, it was the same for the first Avatar film. Uh, a lot of the motion caps yeah. the motion caption stuff, the capture stuff was new uh to the industry. So and now it's just become regular stuff. So it'd be interesting to see what they came up with. I heard that there were like a slew of patents that Weta workshops, uh, uh-huh. Weta digital came up with to make this, uh, to make this real or feel real. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I also think that's the, the other part of it is the, again, it goes back to the spectacle of it all is like trying to, um, catch on to the blending of realistic or well, realism and digital. Um, because there's a lot of this film that's actually practical, oddly enough, uh, that then they use as reference for some digital, you know, n- digital fine tuning, etc. 
So, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to see it. If I'm going to see it, I probably will see it if it's on like a Disney Plus thing. But again, I think that spectacle draw isn't going to be what it is. Hopefully, the story delivers. Yeah, I mean, listen. And if you're dig in with my brother, and find if out you're a fan of this franchise, then great because obviously you're going to get more of it. So, yep, you know, you should be happy. Um, you know that it's making this money. I just, it's amazing to me though that this movie, this is the movie that is like shattering, you know, modern box office, you know, numbers yeah. coming out of the pandemic because it's just. I don't know. It's it. I did it's not unworthy. expect it. It's not that it's unworthy. I mean, I just didn't <laughs> expect it in the sense of like, I, you know, I thought it would do well, but like, I didn't even hear a lot of hype for it, like in the yeah. beginning. And again, I mean, it's it's really the it's international that's just going crazy for this thing. If for some reason this thing just has broad international appeal, and I guess kudos to James Cameron for coming up with a concept that has that, you know, yeah. because not every movie has that. Um, and I guess the nature of this film where it's just sort of these, these things, these blue things can be anything mm-hmm. gives it that broad appeal because right. it eliminates, you know, nationality. It eliminates race. It eliminates, I mean, not gender. There's still gender in this, but you know, it eliminates some of those things which can be isolating and, and can be, you know, a turnoff for certain markets, right? If there's mm-hmm. if it's not relatable. So he's made a broadly relatable product um, and great. And I mean, the thing with Avatar is that it doesn't have the type of fan base that some of these other major franchises have that's like toxic and that takes no, the divisive. Yeah. yeah. That it takes away the play. Like you don't hear anybody losing their minds over it's, decisions made in avatar right, two or right, whatever. The whole lore of it. No, oh, that's you're not supposed to have his hair supposed to be braided that side. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't get any of that. That's the wrong shade of blue. But, but you know, for some reason he's been able to turn, um, really since Titanic, which is still to me unexplainable, the success of that movie. But, and that, that movie's actually pretty good. The When I finally saw it, like a million years later. Seriously, you didn't see it? Like I remember I saw it in theaters. No, get out of here. I was upset that it beat Star Wars at the time. I boycotted it for years. Yeah. Because I just didn't feel like, talk about not worthy. Yeah. Uh, and it's okay. It's good. You know, it's fine for what it is. It, you know, but... Like I can't believe that movie had the kind of legs and success it had because oh, it's the whole love story thing. Man. I guess, like, but the when do still the, talk about it? I was, dude, I was on. Yeah, they're doing another call. re-release for it, yeah, aren't they? I was, do, I mean, but that's like money grab to me. Hmm. I was, uh, I was on a call uh, with with colleagues, and uh, a bunch of them were like greatest movie ever, and like oh, so many people are Titanic. I'm like Titanic. I'm like what? What? Yeah. Greatest movie ever. Titanic? I mean, I know what? it won a ton of Oscars, too, so it's not like it was just a box office thing. But, yeah. I, let's what? Everybody calm no, down. No, no. You guys are smoking something. No way. Yeah. Titanic? Greatest movie ever? What? <laughs> what are you guys watching? Like, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, everyone's got different tastes, but it's it's... You know, again, it's a, basically just a love story set to the backdrop of a disaster. Um, yeah, which is I, fine. Jack, 
Jack. And the song, you know, the <laughs> stupid, hideous song that became, a, you know, a gigantic hit. Yeah. Things like that, you know, make a difference too sometimes. You know, these are, it's like mainstream, mainstream cinema. Like that's well, yeah. what, that's, you that's know, what it that's is. what it is. When right? movies make like, this much money, that's, yeah, the broader the appeal. Um, it's, it's kind of funny because it is like simplistic in a way. Like many, much of this stuff is not, it's, you know, it's nothing to write home about. There's no like complex you know, writing or some, you know, crazy plot. It's like as basic as it gets. It's literally like a children's picture book kind of story. Which one are we talking about here? Both Titanic and even the first Avatar. Okay. But it's the way that those films are constructed that I think it's, there's the, there's some magic there. Um, you know, I remember, I remember watching, um, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, to Titanic and how they actually made that film and like I, I I enjoyed actually like there was a lot of interesting I mean and that's what he's known for is like really pushing the envelope well, yeah and pushing the industry in a new well it's a definitely a well-made film yeah y- yeah exactly and, and and then there was like you know oh uh James Cameron's gonna get in a submarine and go to the bottom of the ocean and look at like all that shit <laughs> you know like he he knows how to spin that ma- the magic that he's trying to capture in his film, and I think that's that's ultimately what it is. Yeah, because the stories are bullshit. Stories well, are just total total crap. Yeah, I mean for the I most mean, I part. I say that I say that that's hyperbole. Yes, they, they are basic. Yes, there's again no crazy subplot. Oh my god, her, you know, uh, Billy Zane turned in on them and got onto the boat by himself. How did you know? Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But it's like the it's the you know the construction of how he made the Titanic to look like it was actually there and actually people should fly, you know uh, on it and all of that good stuff. He he got stars that were like at the height of their stardom, you know, like that was yes. the thing that really launched Leonardo DiCaprio into the yeah, stratosphere. Sure. Yeah, you know, I don't know what happened to Kate. Well, Kate Winslet's done some good stuff. Yeah. Lately. Um. But yeah. But I mean, if you, and if he's got an amazing filmography, James, because it's not big. Mm-mm. I mean, you know, he's got. If you look no, through his, like Spielberg. it's Piranha Two, which oh, whatever. I mean, he, you know, then Ooh. he does the Terminator, uh, obviously, which was, you know, and it's funny if you watch Terminator. I mean, that is really like a. I mean, everyone when they think of Terminator, they think of Terminator Two, yeah, and all the groundbreaking I, I special effects. Like the first one. Yeah, well, the Terminator is a much leaner, meaner. Yeah, like it's almost. Like a sci-fi horror movie, yeah, it's, that's, that's more like, so than anything. Yeah, and then you got Aliens, which is a classic, um, yeah. and then The Abyss, which I know people love that movie. I, I, I enjoy The Abyss. Yeah, well, I watch that movie more times than I can probably count. And you got Terminator Two, which we've spoken about, obviously, and True Lies, which is fun. That's another great one. Yeah, and then Titanic, and then. I mean, his last three movies have been Titanic, Avatar, and Avatar The Way of Water. So they've been three of the biggest movies ever, you know, box office-wise. But that's it. I mean, he he didn't make a movie uh, between 1997. Titanic is 1997. Avatar is 2009. Yeah. You know, and then 2022 for Avatar The Way of Water... So, I mean, he, he, you know, the guy does not have a big resume, but it's a big resume, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nine films. 
that he's directed in his entire career, including Piranha 2. Um, and, but I mean, you know, the, the impact that he has had with those nine, well, really eight films, uh, is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, you know, he's like his impact on cinema is nothing to scoff at. That's for sure. Uh, despite, despite his filmography, right? Like, I mean, it's right. Well, I mean, it's not, listen, maybe the, I mean, you know, George Lucas doesn't have a huge filmography either. Right. Um, but same, same, yeah, same, same kind of thing. Although, you know, well, that's, I mean, get it. A couple, a couple of strikes on George, but, good old George there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's not one of these guys that cranks out, you know, a movie every couple of years and whatever. Yeah. And, um, but you know, that's okay. I mean, but you know, when you talk about importance and, and the things that they've done as far as technical aspects, I mean, he's up there with, you know, the Hitchcocks and the Orson Wellses of the world, yeah. you know, as yeah, far as sure. like things that he's brought to, uh, cinema, right. And filmmaking, uh, not just success wise, we're talking about just filmmaking technique and things like mm-hmm. that, and things he's brought to the table. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, eventually, uh, maybe I'll see it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm I'm assuming at this point, this is not going to be one of those movies that's going to be streaming, like, next no, week. they're going to keep on. I mean, this is a huge di- – they're trying to get it up to, you know, equal the uh, – the cost of 20th Century Fox when they acquired that studio. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's kind of where it's at right now. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's it, – bonkers bonkers how much money that's all disney money i mean it makes a lot of sense why the disney animal kingdom now has the navi uh animatronics yeah they're gonna be investing some more money in that universe and uh experience over there i'm sure i mean the question now is does disney want to wait another 15 years for the next one (laughs) yeah because somehow i don't see james cameron turn i mean you never know but yeah. is he going to crank out? Is he going to turn around the third one in two, three years? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the production of this and whether or not there were. Because weren't, weren't these two film the, the film was supposed to be shot back to back like two. two yeah, three. well, this thing has been I mean, it's it's been in development like since Forever. the first one was released. Yeah. And yeah. it's been like I don't think anybody believed it was ever really going to happen. Right. You know, it's one of those things where he's just been talking about, oh, I have like another trilogy in mind or a trilogy in mind or, oh, I have all these stories. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, another group of films I'll just be skipping out on. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see, though, if he did release it. Because, you know, I was speculating on the last episode and it was wrong that the the amount of time, the 13 years in between the two movies could have been a reason for why it wasn't going to do as big a box office number. Right. And, and uh, I mean, and before anybody though. sits there and says, well, it didn't do as big. Well, I get it. It's, but $2 billion is $2 billion. It doesn't matter whether it right. beats the first one, gets to what the first one did. It doesn't really make a difference. In what's, a, in the a, first one added? what's the first one out again? Uh, 2.7, I think. No. Does this movie have like, I, I mean, almost a billion, an extra billion dollars to make? No, not even. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it that would be incredible. Nah, what, do you, what do you think? You think it tops out at like two, two, three? I, I don't. First, oh, sorry, two point nine 
2.9 for the billion. first well, that was because it got re-released and shit oh that's true too uh, yeah i don't yeah, know what it didn't it get re-released like twice yeah but i don't think it i mean i mean that maybe added a couple hundred million like they did it right they did it yeah. right for some reason i feel like game. i feel like okay so the original release was 2.7 that's where i got that number from okay. um and it did uh, 1.9 almost 2 billion international and 750 million domestic. So again, another it was 73% of its box office was international. So yeah, so it's not going to get to two, but that's does that's irrelevant. The point is, it still doesn't matter. It's still making bank. Correct. The point is, I the the idea that I thought that distance was going to cause it to have a lower box office number because I didn't think people were going to be as interested. I, you know, it's not a movie that you hear again, people talking about and clamoring for, but I was wrong, but it would be interesting to see if they do release another one, let's say in three years. Yeah. Does it, does that have an effect? Like what did the, did the distance between the two movies actually benefit this one instead of hurt it? Like I thought it would because people had so much time to kind of, wait for it that it built Forget up this anticipation it and it made it an event whereas if they release the next one let's say in a few years does it have that same event factor maybe it does i, I apparently i know i mean i guess the fact that i'm i'm not a fan makes it a little bit more difficult for me to try to figure out where people are with this um, because I don't even know. It's funny. I don't even know people that are huge Avatar fans. Like again, that I talk to regularly. It, you know, that's the funny thing. Neither do I. Just people who are like, yeah, yeah, I saw it. It was cool. Yeah, all right. It was. It was Fern Gully. It was Dances with Wolves. I mean, like you, you name it. Like you know, people have some critiques about it. But like, there, literally, there's only one person I know, and it was. It's like the least person. The like the person I could would never have thought to go see my brother of all people. Be like, oh, yo, dude, I saw Avatar. I'm like, you had three hours to burn, first of all? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> all right, dude. Good on you. But, like, my kids, I mean, my kids have, you know, they haven't seen anything related to Avatar. So maybe, you know, they're, and maybe that's the other thing. Maybe there's just a huge chunk of pe- younger kids. Young, I don't like know. Is, this, is that what this is? Because I don't even know if this is for kids. Like, I mean, not like to the point where it's like, it's not like a kid's movie. I don't know kids who watch this either. Like, I would really, I just want to know where this fan base comes from because I never, and and granted, it may not be a bad thing that I never hear from them or about them. Mm. Probably because they're not, like I said, they're not toxic and they're not doing all the stupid, they're just going to the movies and enjoying it and going home. It's not that kind of fan base. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the weirdest thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, like a band when there's a band, like a rock band or whatever out there that like they sell a gazillion albums, but like they could walk through like a crowded shopping mall and nobody would and know, nobody who, would they know who they are. Yeah. And I mean, I remember like always thinking to myself, like that would be the best thing ever. Right. Cause like you right. get to have everything that comes with being like a multi-million selling band without the negative stuff right you can actually right. go and just to a store or go to a restaurant I mean, i'm sure there are, i mean there's lots of people that do that I oh know. no there are i mean look i why well, i'm using it as as a specific example because i i years and years ago when i was working in radio like there were bands like that yeah that like they had huge hits but like you couldn't pick them out of a, a lineup you know mm. and so this is almost like that movie is this movie franchise is like that it's like i don't know people who see it 
I don't know people who love it. I don't know people who clamor for it, but it makes a gazillion dollars every time yeah. there's a movie. And it's well, hey, uh, it, for any listeners, if you you know, if you're like, oh man, I'm I'm one of those people. I love this movie. Uh, well, DM us. Uh, you know, like uh, retweet us or add us on Twitter and tell us what you think. Yeah, and what, what it is about about the movie that you absolutely love. I mean, I know people. I've seen people <laughs> online saying how much they loved it. So I know it. Obviously, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's not for the size and scope of this, how much money these movies make. Like I would figure I would hear much more, especially in the circles that we tend to keep. Like you would figure that we would hear, be hearing much more about it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, look, it's got a 92% audience score. That's so people are loving huge. it. Yeah. So you it's mean, not like that. They, factor in the amount of people that are watching it and then those who are providing reviews and whatever. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not trying to say when I say there aren't people talk, like, I don't mean that there aren't people that like it. Obviously there's a lot of people that like these movies. I just don't, you don't hear like, there's not avatar fan groups that I'm aware of. You know I mean? I'm sure there are, but like, you know what I mean? Like we don't see it in our circles where it's all about fandom. Mm-hmm. You got your Star Wars fans and you got your Marvel fans and your DC fans and your Star Trek fans. It's like, where are the avatar fans? Like They're that are cosplayers. making that are making these movies yeah. like two billion dollar movies, almost yeah. three billion dollars for the first one. So it's interesting. Bananas. So anyway, bananas. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't. You were mentioning something that I have not actually heard about, and I'm probably happy for that. Um, but unfortunately, I'm going to hear about it now. Something about the Snyderverse going to Netflix? Yeah, apparently Warner Brothers is interested or is in talks with Netflix. I don't know how, like, I have to continue to do some more research on this. But uh, Warner Brothers is thinking about selling the Snyderverse to Netflix. So what and that? for it to live and breathe over there. What does that mean exactly? Like, those versions of those characters would stay over there. But like with new new films, with new content. Um, uh, yeah, huh? <laughs> crazy, right? Oh well, wait a minute. Oh, wait, here we go. I mean, this thing I'm seeing here is that it's saying Snyderverse fans want DC to sell here, to Netflix. Here we go. This was. This was a uh, well. Forbes also did a story. It said Warner Brothers. Uh, Discovery selling DCEU Snyderverse to Netflix is surprisingly the best option. Uh, so th- I think this is just an opinion piece. Um, oh, it's Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes, who's in bed with, yeah, Snyder, with Snyder and those guys. So that I that means nothing. that taints the whole. Yeah, that's out. That's garbage. Well, so then that bring that brings the brings up the question: Do you think do you think the selling off of any of the 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 sort of no, because Look, you can't. I don't think you can I know, do it. I agree it. with you 100%. Like, how can you, like you either... I don't, well, not even that, but how do you logistically and legally do that? Like, we'll sell you the rights to... A version of our character. Can, like, is that even a thing? Without um, any pre-existing precedent, right, or agreement? Trying to think. I'm trying to think. Because, like, it's, it's different when, like, Marvel... Existed. When Marvel was... Because I know people can say, well, Marvel, they had never... Yes, but Marvel was split at the time, right? You had Marvel television and you had Marvel and Marvel studios, which were split. They were separate entities that both reported to the heads of Marvel entertainment. Right. Right. right? So 
they could do that. And, and since it was all under the Marvel umbrella, they had the rights to the characters that they had the rights to. Right. Um, so the, and, and if again, and I know people don't like this and want to hear, but those Netflix series were originally supposed to be part of the same That's right, Marvel universe. Cinematic Universe. Okay. Yes. And now obviously right. as the, the rift started happening between Marvel TV and Marvel Studios, those shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and even the Netflix shows got farther and farther away from the MCU as they right. went along. Um, Until they got canceled and now they're part of... Correct. Well, now it's not even that they're a part. They're just now Marvel Studios is doing all television and it's all one thing. It's been right. Everything's under Kevin Feige's umbrella now. So it's a different scenario. Here you would actually be taking your properties and it would almost be like if... If Sony didn't previously have the rights to Spider-Man, you know, before Marvel Studios started, and then Marvel decided to, like, say, you know what, we'll give you the rights to make a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie. Right. It's like, I don't know, like, how can you give, can you sell the rights to a version of a character? (laughs) Is that a thing? Like, can you sell the rights to a... This has to be Henry Cavill playing Superman, and you can have the rights to that version of the... Ca- it, like, isn't Superman Superman? Isn't the intellectual property the intellectual property? Like, I don't see how you can actually sell the rights to a just a version of a character. Unless there was, again, already some type of precedent where, like, some other entity had the rights to that character, and you're making a deal. Like, even Sony did not sell the rights to... Spider-Man back to Marvel, they still have the rights to Spider-Man. They are actually the distributor of the Spider-Man movies that are produced by Marvel Studios. That's right. So right. it's it's not, I don't know that you can actually do that. I mean, again, I think this is just some people looking to rile up that fan base because it gets them clicks. Yeah. And because they've decided that that's what they want to hitch oh, their yeah, wagon to. That it still deserves to be uh, part of part of the ongoing uh, development for Warner Brothers and Discovery, which is like, l- let's just leave dead dogs over there. Just let it, let it die. Yeah. Cause that's I the just, plan. Yeah. That is the plan. I mean, you know, it's a shame that obviously the fandom is one thing, but, but they, I would say an established writer for a quite prolific uh, outlet would pontificate on whether or not that's like a legit thing and should should happen because like that almost i don't know that uh it doesn't sit well with me with like just letting people kind of exercise their creative freedom when it comes to the direction that they want to take a specific specific property yeah i mean there's, the universe. there's absolutely no upside for warner brothers discovery mm-hmm. to <clears> sell money yeah, but that's not even well, who cares they can make it, more though. money creating their own versions good versions of those characters right Right. Which is, I yeah, think, I mean, where they're invest- going. Yeah. And, I mean, you, they'd be like, oh, hey, Netflix, you invest all the money uh, in continuing on with this fran- this sub-franchise Which while it, we continue to do a very separate and different thing over here. But it, the thing is, it's not a sub-franchise. It never was a sub-franchise. It was the franchise until it wasn't. Right. I mean, I would say it would, like, yeah. that's what be that that's... If they were to sell it, that's but it, but if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you do it on your own? Like, why right. would you sell it to Netflix? Why wouldn't you just do it on your? If you if they cared that much about keeping that thing alive, first of all, they would have, right? Okay, make it all uh, 
HBO or, Max or they, Not even. They would have just kept whatever remnants of it. They, they could have brought Henry Cavill back as Superman. They could have brought continued on with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Aquaman, they, you know what I mean? Like they, If they yeah. wanted to keep it, they could have in their movies. And if they wanted to keep it for HBO Max, they or like for a streaming service, which makes no sense, they could have put it on their own streaming service. Why would you... Why would they sell it to Netflix? Right. It's, it doesn't even make sense from a business perspective. I, I don't. I don't see what. I don't. And again, I don't even know if legally it can be done. Right. I mean, you know, um, because I don't know how you pull that off. Because the the Snyderverse isn't a thing. I hate to break it to people. <laughs> the Snyderverse is not a thing. It was never its own thing. It, you know, it was a, a series of movies. I mean, Zack Snyder only directed technically three of those movies, right? Right. And then you have a bunch of movies not directed by Zack Snyder, but featuring characters that he had a hand in casting and developing and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not like it was this own thing. It's, it's, I, I don't get it. Yeah. 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 Makes no sense. None of it. They just, I'm, uh, just, they need to leave it alone. After I watched Black Adam again, finally, I'm like, I'm glad this whole thing is over. Now we just got to get through Shazam and Aquaman and see where those things. Uh, I saw the new trailer for Shazam too, and it just did not inspire any confidence. I, well, yeah, because I mean, it's I, old. That's number one. Yeah. It's old, the old regime. Uh, and two, I just like, what's the point? Well, that's my feeling about every uh, every one of these DC movies coming out this year. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. You know, I mean, Aquaman, they're all lame duck movies. Like, we're not yeah. going to see any versions <clears throat> Except of... Except for the, the Batman well, but that, stuff. Well, that's not coming out this year. Though. I'm talking about the slate for this yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, You know, and I mean, unless you're going to... You know, am I, do I have interest in Michael Keaton coming back as Batman for The Flash? Yeah, of course I do. But that's kind of its own thing. <laughs> You know, like in the sense of like, it's just like a singular moment that I'm interested in as a Batman fan. Um, but but as far as these movies go, like, what's the difference? Like, I'm not going to rush out to the theater to see any of them um, because I just don't care. And we're probably yeah. never going to see these versions of these characters ever again. You hear that? The, you hear the thing about uh, about the potential to continue with Ezra Miller? After after the Flash, why would they do that? If they if they I, got I, rid of Gal Gadot, they got rid of Henry Cavill. Why and exactly. why would they keep Ezra Miller? Yeah, of all people. Yeah, that was a rumor swirling around oh, a couple of weeks God. ago. Like, oh, they're gonna, and you know, they're thinking about keeping him around, keeping them around. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea either. <laughs> why would you do that? Oh man, I think I think people are just kind of clamoring for more news about what's the plan, what, you know, what direction is James Gunn, uh, and Peter, what's his last name? Saffron. Saffron. What are they going to do? And there's no news right now. So they're just manufacturing bullshit. I guess, like I said, some people just feel like they need to get mentions. Get those click, click baits. Yeah. And whatever. I mean, if that's what, journalism and and stuff has come down to at this point you know yeah so be it yeah but you know what are you gonna do hey we're talking about it (laughs) 
Seriously. So, I mean, mission you know, accomplished, I guess. And I had no after. intention of ever talking about it ever again. So, Yeah, here's the interesting thing. So, like, so James Gunn invested in, you know, obviously he did Peacemaker. Yep. And uh, Amanda Waller is part of that universe as she was part of yep black adam and the suicide squad and suicide squad does she disappear too yeah i have a feeling that peacemaker isn't long for the world yeah not that i don't want it to be but i don't think peacemaker was ever intended to be like a five season show right right and with james gunn now having a lot on his plate um i wouldn't be surprised if next season of Peacemaker is the last one. And, you know, John Cena's getting busier, too. and Older. Older, yeah. Um, you know, now, I mean, other than Amanda Waller, I mean, there are options with Peacemaker because the Justice League in that series is still kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, we didn't see their fate. You know what I mean? Like, me in that sense. Yeah. Like, they yeah. exist, but... But either way, I don't think that – I think the whole thing – yeah, I think Peacemaker too. I don't, but again, I don't think Peacemaker was – I think you know, that was supposed to probably be one season. And then right. it just got so popular that – unexpectedly popular right. that they decided to bring it back. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – but again, I think we talked about this on the last episode. I mean by the time we start getting like the first of oh, whatever dude, I mean, their vision – Yeah, we're years, years away from – Years out from all this stuff. Yeah, so they could – you know, Peacemaker could still get another season or two probably yeah. before there's even a a development. Yeah. On uh, – Dude, it's funny. I saw a Blue Beetle poster. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the, the other theater. one. That's right. That's coming yeah, out, Yeah, that's too. the other one, right? And oh, I was well. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's, even... that's, they're going to probably regret oh, not leaving man. that as an HBO Max um, movie. Yeah. Especially in hindsight now, yeah. seeing as yeah. how things have turned out. Oh, man. But what are you going to do? We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see. Uh... So I don't. Where do you want to go next? I mean, do you want to get into the Last of Us? Do you want to yeah, do some other do things? Okay. Let's so uh, the Last of Us. Everybody's talking about it. I actually watched the first episode. Today. I'm so interested to hear what you you said. You watched it again? No, today. I oh, watched okay, it today. Okay, uh, uh, I'm in, so interested to hear your thoughts because you you didn't play the video game. Correct. You know nothing about this world. I right. I, I have vague. A vague, a vague knowledge of the general concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, I remember asking Aaron uh, a few weeks ago, I think, like, hey, because a bunch of us were talking about The Last of Us in a group chat. And uh, and I was like, you know, am I supposed to be excited for this? Because it feels like it's it's a big deal. But, like, I know really very little about it. You know, I had never played the game or whatever. And, and, and then so I started to get more of an education on the whole concept of it and uh, yeah so i watched the first episode today i know the reviews are like through the roof Mm -hmm. uh it's like 99 percent on rotten tomatoes and um yeah it's uh and so i watched the first episode and i it you know i enjoyed it it's it's very much a first episode Mm -hmm. uh so it's a slow burn and uh i i look forward to the rest of it because based on the little bit that we saw at the end, like mm-hmm. there's a very exciting world out there, clearly. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, so that that's got me interested. Uh, I I wish it wasn't as dark. I don't mean thematically. I mean literally. Okay. Because I had trouble even seeing. You you know what's funny? So it. a lot of shows are doing this shit. Yeah. Lately, where they're like too dark, and I'm like, is it my TV? No. Well, yeah. I need a new TV anyways. But yeah, yeah, they're um, and was it Andor, uh Obi Wan Kenobi was too dark. Uh, Willow in some places was too dark. Uh, this show, you know, it's funny. I didn't. That was not. I did not have an issue with that. Uh, and maybe because I was watching it during the day too. Yeah, I got to watch it at night with like the lights all off. Yeah, so that could be. But but either way, that's neither here nor there. I mean, the acting is great. The cast is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the atmosphere is tremendous. Um, I like the pacing because I like the fact that I, as someone who did not play the game, mm-hmm. I needed to be introduced to these characters. Yep. And that's what this first episode does. It introduces me to the characters. It gives me the the backstory, the I, the concept, what's happening. So I have a at least an understanding of the world now that I'm I'm going to be invested in for another eight episodes, uh, which is good. Um, so yeah, I mean it's well made. Again, I don't, and that's why I you know get your perspective on it because I I don't have a a comparison. Yeah. You know how does it compare to the game? I know that the guy who created the game is like wrote this show right is, yeah, is a yeah, show yeah. one of the showrunners so that helps i would imagine um but uh it'll be interesting to see like where does this fit like as far as video game adaptations and and did you know how close is it to the game is it not where did they go in different directions so far anyway it's one episode but yeah um so it's pretty it's pretty spot on um with the uh with the video game um, you know, it's not, it's slightly different in that, um, slightly different in, in that, you know, the solitary sort of, uh, and I'm trying not to spoil anything here. Um, the solitary view of, of his daughter, of Joel's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't necessarily get like a, the day in the life thing. And as the stuff starts to unfold, which is the tension building part, which did such a great job. Um, yeah. Setting, setting the pace and the tone for the show. Um, there are some differences, but it's, it, you know, I, I did read about some of this stuff earlier. Uh, like, so one of the things that uh, becomes, pro- I don't want to say like a, problematic but it's an obstacle for characters in the game is the spores so essentially what ends up happening is that as as uh as the fungus continues to spread it you know if you inhale it uh it becomes you know you become uh infected Mm -hmm. um and and it only happens in like smaller dense situations like uh, a basement or um, if you're like going underground, like there are moments Got where like it. the characters have to put on like gas masks mm. and things like that. Um, but yeah, so, um, but the character, character development and like all of that stuff that happened, like that is so spot on, um, with the game, actually the first, this first episode is like the, one of the first chapters of the video game, uh, that okay. happens. So it's very, uh, it it's makes very sense. accurate. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, you know, I didn't, I, I, when you play a video game, you're like, all right, I play play a video game is fine. But like the emotional weight that uh, it's obviously delivered through the acting and all of that stuff and the way it's written. But like, yeah, some of the stuff that happens in that first episode like punched me right in the gut. Um, 
so I, you know, I was really pleased with the show, how it looked. Um, you know, the the uh, again the, the way that it builds the tension and some and what what you what you do kind of get, but it's you know obviously subplot and it is here, but it's kind of like um, it's way, it's a little bit more uh, present than it is in the video game. Is like the sort of dynamics of of human beings and sort of like. You know, the, the guy, I'm not ruining anything, the guy selling the battery. Yeah. Like, all of that stuff. Um, like, some, it's in there, but, like, you know, obviously the human-to-human stuff, because you can't have your monsters every episode. <laughs> uh, like that, or every, you know, every screen time you can't have a monster. Like, sure. human beings make the worst monsters. Uh, you know, there's there's some interesting stuff there. Um I'll tell you what, though, when I played that game for the first time, I had never been more scared in my life. There was a moment where I was pinned down by humans in that game, and somebody I could hear him, but I didn't know where he was. And the and the characters would shout at you, and they'd see you. Uh, and I got I had headphones on, and bro, <laughs> the guy was like on top of me and screamed, and I, I, I dude, I stood up and screamed bloody murder <laughs> like someone was right behind me. Nice. Yeah. The only time I've ever been scared playing a video game was when I back when the first Resident Evil came out. Oh yeah. And I was playing it at like three o'clock in the morning. So like, you know, all the lights are off, it's completely quiet. And like there's a one moment where like a dog jumps through like a glass window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it scared like the, the crap too. out of me. And I was <laughs> like, what the, the hell? Yeah. So that's like that I'll never yeah. forget. But yeah. I, I mean I would assume that if you played the games uh, there are probably moments, at least in this episode, that you may be like, "Oh, hey, you know, that's from the game," or I, you maybe have a, like an appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. But what's nice about it is, as someone who did not play the games, it's still like watching this. You're not like, "Oh, I'm watching a movie based on a video or a show based no, on a video." Yeah, game. If you'd never heard of the video game, yeah, like you'd this, probably be watching a damn good show. Yeah, this just feels like a, a fully realized well-developed show like with a a, the potential to be very rich you know like there's a lot Mm -hmm. happening here and uh and that's what's cool and i think a lot of times when you do these video game adaptations and again most of the time it's a movie but still like they they don't bother to fill in the gaps like that the game leaves like they don't bother getting into like a lot of the character development and developing mm-hmm. the universe because when you're mm-hmm. playing a game yeah you have your story right and you have your your cut scenes and stuff mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you as the player are kind of making the rest happen right it's yeah, not yeah you know in the sense of like it's not you're following along but like you're participating right so you're you're you have your mind is going it's it everybody's experience is kind of singular in a sense i mean yeah, yeah you're following the same steps and you're doing the same chapters levels whatever but like your experiences are going to be different but and a lot of these adaptations just take the characters feel like they're underdeveloped characters oh 100 percent. you know yeah. like and I've... the worlds feel like they're underdeveloped worlds and it's like it, they they basically treat these things like oh well that's just a video game we're not going to take it seriously. And that's what you wind up getting. Whereas yeah. here they treated this like, and again, the fact that the guy who was a creator or co-creator of the game is, is a part of it helps, but they're, they're treating this as legitimately good source material. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, the, that's the beauty of this game is seeing, I'm, I'm like a completionist. 
So, like, when I play games like I did The Last of Us, there's so much story that's in the game that, like, you could probably just run through it and do the missions. But, like, for me, I was always looking for, like, the little hidden gems that were tucked in, like, a drawer, like mm. a letter. Yeah. You know, and I would read that letter because it would give you, like, the sub subcontext of, like, the stuff that was happening in that world. So, like... It's there. It was there to for you to build, you know, for you to yeah. piece together and continue to kind of shape the world. But like, if you didn't want to read any of that shit, you could just run through it and do sure. the mission. Well, that's kind of what I was just saying. Yeah. Like, you're making the experience, and totally. if so, if you're someone who just takes like the basic concept and basic characters and just says, "Okay, here, go do something with this." Yeah. But they're 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 really treating this like you would like a, a classic novel that you were yeah. adapting. Right. Yeah. Or a great it, work of whatever, some great work of fiction that they're now yeah. adapting into a TV show or a movie. Like, yeah. And I mean, the, the motivations of, of Joel, because um, that's really the only that's the real human being that you're you're kind of meant to sink your teeth into because you uh -huh. have to you kind of have to trust him. Uh, it's the same in the game. Right. Um, you know, obviously it, it packs a different punch when you watch a, you know, a animated a computer generated uh, image of somebody and, and an actor kind of emote all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great game. The show is already off to a great start. Uh, you know, the, that opening, the, I say opening the, the, the sort of when the shit hits the fan moment, like, Oh, the way it's shot, like there's a scene. Again, no spoilers where they're driving through and the, the plane crashes. Oh my God. I was like, Oh shit. This, you know, like it almost, it, it, because it's a show, it can up the ante a little sure. bit too. If they, um, if they go that way, which they have. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and look, it gets really, it gets kind of wonky. You gotta, you gotta kind of, that's the thing. I went into the show last night as I was watching it. And I said, look, everything you know about this game, put it on the shelf. Like, Try right. to get come at this from a fresh set of eyes. Like, do, do not make the comparisons. But it was, uh, it was a pleasure to kind of get to the end of the episode and go like, and then kind of go back into that mode and start checking the box and go like, yeah, no, they're 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 kind of doing it beat for beat. There's some, you know, obviously they're they're going to change some things. They're going to change some characters. Um, oh, and they have a lot more story to introduce new characters, too, right? Uh, but it's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait. I'm going to watch it again because uh, I watch it without my wife. And she's like, oh, you know, <laughs> we've been watching Wednesday, too. Uh, but she was like, uh, is it dark? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's dark. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. She's like, well, Wednesday is dark. I'm like, Wednesday is like can't be dark. Like, yeah, Wednesday's like a dark. Yeah. Dark. We're about to finish Wednesday. Wednesday is phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Wednesday yeah. is so good. Yeah, better than it had any business. Uh, it, you know, it's funny because I was reading something about the production of Wednesday, and there was a um, uh, like a deliberate comment to say that they didn't want to like focus on anything that came before it. Right. Uh, you know, they didn't want to like allude to previous incarnations of the characters. But it's funny because kind of does in a way that's like you know like maybe they had just gotten it so good 
at you know portraying these characters like i go right back to the adams family in the first film with raul julia and, mm-hmm. and uh angelica houston angelica houston and i'm like these feel like the same people to me like and i love that well that's like, what the i mean at the end of the day though yeah these are established characters so you can only yeah they're still gonna they're they're inherent traits are still going to come out unless you go in a completely different direction, which yeah. they have. I mean, Wednesday is just, oh, man, she's, the way that they write her, so good. Yeah, and it's funny because, it, like, Jenna Ortega's been in a bunch of things that I really enjoyed, like she last Scream. Was, totally was forgot she was in Scream. Scream, and she was great in that, and she was great in X, and she's great in this. So it's like, last yeah. year was like my year of discovery for her, I think for a lot of people, but... Yeah, um, she's uh, she's definitely she's she's great. Yeah, she's great. Uh, the whole the whole cast is is great. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, better uh, than more than I could say about Willow. Oh God, you just just give up, please no. on that. I, I, I don't. So I'm sorry. I'm gonna switch. We're gonna switch gears. Cause <laughs> you're doing all these TV shows. If if you like Willow, good for you. That's all I'm gonna say. Meaning Good the meaning you. the new series, not the, the, new, the right, franchise. The, new, the, new, the Disney Plus series. Yeah. Because I cannot tell you how disappointed I am in that entire show. From start, well, the first two episodes were hopeful, were good. It kind of had a good. It was kind of like it reminded me a little bit of of the first movie, and then it went off the rails. You know, we talked a little bit about it on the last episode, but like we got to the end of this thing, and I couldn't wait for it to be finished. Because it was just utter garbage. And yeah. the, the little teaser about the other two volumes that are going to come, this is garbage. I, yeah, I mean, if anyone who listened to the last show knows that Aaron was already heading down the path of hating it. And I've been telling him to give up on it the entire time. He hasn't taken my advice. Uh, so he did, because the completionist in him did need to finish it. <laughs> yep. But uh, he just got angrier and angrier as he's going on. And I, I will never watch this show. No, do not. Yeah. You hold whatever your feelings are for the first Willow film up. I'm sort of indifferent regard. about it, but. Yeah, just hold them up in high regard or keep put them somewhere where they where it won't be. This, because this show will make it worse. Mm. And the funny thing is I talked to somebody who was like, who was like, oh, I like the show. And ah. I'm glad it was a departure from the movie. And I'm like, what planet are we living on today? That, that's 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 cool because that's not at all like how do you go into well, a show? Was that somebody who liked the movie though? I maybe not. Maybe if you didn't like Clearly. the movie, but then why would you even tune into the show? Well, I get that's why I said on the last show, or I think it was the last show. Or was it just us chatting? I, I was like, who do you make this for? If you're not making this for fans of the movie, yeah, then you're who, this for somebody. Who's else. the audience? Yeah, there's, there was, I mean, we talked, we, I talked a little bit about this in the last episode about the use of popular music in the, in the show, which obviously is a thing like that's yeah. It's a very deliberate choice. It wasn't like, Oh, what if we did this? Mm, try to very deliberate choice, which again, tells me you're not doing this for me. The classic James Horner score is m- mildly there here and there in some parts, like. They'll be talking about Maz Mardigan, and they'll go, doo, 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 doo. and you're like, that's it? Um, Christian Slater is in this show for a hot minute. He's trash. Yeah. Um, you know, the – I don't even, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to find something that was, was like, good about it. There's, there, It's hard. 
It's very, very yeah, hard. Yeah, don't, don't try. Maybe, you, maybe you've it's, thought maybe enough it's the costumes. And I'll tell you what the most disappointing thing is about this film is that Warwick Davis, when he shows up in the first Willow, when he's in the Willow film, he's in his, what, 20s maybe? He seems like a decent actor. Like, he's believable. Like, when he's actually scared for his wife and his children, and then he gets into an argument with uh, Val Kilmer, like, you believe that he's at odds with, with uh, Mads Mardigan, right? He was, um, he was 18 when he made Willow. 18 years old. Okay. So in all of the years that have transpired since he's made Willow, you know, he's popped up in a bunch of different, you know, he's in Harry Potter. He's, you know, he's, he's still in Star Wars. But Leprechaun. He's like, you know, lepre- yeah, he's in these like, uh, you know, makeup roles. Yeah. Those have done him absolutely no, nothing, no favors because the guy can't act to save himself. He, he, he shows he, like he doesn't even show up. I, I'm so disappointed in Warwick Davis's inability to show up as an actor on this show that it just it kills the whole concept of even doing this series. It's fuck. It's pathetic. It's so bad. I, Aaron is so hostile over Willow. It's incredible. I, it's, it's literally, literally <laughs> if just, watching. If you watching, just gave up though, you wouldn't see no, how much I could have saved you. Like, it's what literally watching something that I have like. I love Willow because it just takes me back to my childhood. Like it's a great. It's nice. Yes, as an adult, does it rip off of of mythology? And so, yeah, but and so but it does. It's so many different things have got dwarves and this and that and blah, blah, blah. like doesn't matter. Wizards, whatever. <laughs> Like it's such a it's, it has such a it's such a keystone of my like upbringing, and when you come back and you try to tap that stone again, and you it feels just in the trailers like they were gonna do you were gonna play homage to a lot of the good stuff that was going on in the show and they're gonna expand the universe and to get what we were given in this show, it's it's a it's a slap in the face, man. I'm like, please don't touch anything else that like. And, like, I'll be honest, Lucasfilm shit, like, the revisiting of the Star Wars, the sequel trilogy, and Willow, the Mandalorian is different, but even, like, Boba Fett, some of this other stuff, like, they're, they're, they're not, they're not doing a good job, like, holistically, like, some of this shit, this, like, live action stuff, like, I love the animation stuff, but, like, I don't really feel... Like, they're going to deliver the same magic that old stuff used to do. Like, they're not going to bring me back in in a way that's like gets me really excited about it. Because I was let down with Star Wars stuff. Willow is an absolute tragedy. I'm not really excited about Indiana Jones, I'll be honest with you. Saw the trailers. Like, oh, we're going to do some de-aging shit there, too. It looks a little wonky. Like, you guys can make a purple person exist, but you can't get someone's face who's the act same actor look right. And I can tell that you used a scene from uh, the last crusade. I'm not excited about Indiana Jones. I'm not excited. I just don't think that Lucasfilm's got it. Okay. Quite a rant. Sorry. About just that. give up. Like I said, that's so annoying, the Mandalorian man. though is coming back March 1st. So that's exciting. That is very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. So at least there's that. And Andor will be back at some point. That was see problem, yeah right? see yeah those are those are the gems but like you know a couple of you know a couple of RBIs but a whole lot of losing <laughs> lo- you know losses here 
Like yeah, you I get on the base. You just can't drink at the other stuff around I, the corner. I man. do think there is a conflict there and an inconsistency with how to handle these properties. Um, yeah. Because it's like they're either staying too true or going too far in the other direct. Like I don't think they've found the balance yet of where they need to be, um, yep. which is weird because it's not that complicated. And you have people in your ranks that get it. Right. So just let them do it. Like turn yeah. it over to them. But because, yeah. you know, people like Favreau and Filoni have showed that you can have reverence for the the, the world yep. and and embrace it. And get, pay fan service, fan but service. also exactly. give you something new and fresh and exciting right. and modern and whatever. Yep. So, and Tony Gilroy can say, "Hey, you know what? Like, I can take this entire world, this universe, and show you something that you've never seen before." Yeah, exactly. And so. and and that that's good. But you know, then you get like your Ron Howard over here, who's like, "Oh yeah, let's hey guys, let's 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 redo Willow." Blah, blah, blah. You know what? What if we do Willow? And you get a Kazdin in there, and you think, "Oh, all the all the right magic is there." Oh, hey guys! Well, what if we did Willow, but not Willow, but it's a CW show like Archie, but not Archie? You know, it's like Riverdale. Blah, blah. Garbage, garbage. I like your Ron Howard though. That's good. Oh my god! It's the first time you've unleashed garbage. that one. All right, so, so moving on. Let's move on before you start breaking things. Um, so Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. The trailer's out for that, and I, it's. It certainly has stepped up. Um, this is a much bigger film than the uh, previous two films involving Ant-Man, yep. uh, which I've enjoyed. You know, I liked yeah, the, first the first Ant-Man. I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp for what it was, just kind of a fun yep. kind of just action adventure movie. You know, it was a nice break at the time. Yeah. Uh, this one, though, looks huge in scope. Uh, the trailer... Has to be. It has to be, yeah. The trailer was kind of guardians of the galaxy ish for me. And that's, you know, with the, again, with the music and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously cause it's cosmic, right? So clearly you're going to get that. And I don't mean that as a negative, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's coming out like next month. I know. I'm like, I'm not ready for it yet, but, Oof, uh, the trailer high. certainly looks cool. Um, and it's going to really, I think, for the first time uh, in this part of the MCU, we're really going to get an idea of like now where we're going. Yeah. You know, yeah. for the big, the big arc anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, kind of need to be this way. It's, yeah. It, it's interesting. So like, yeah, I, what you were saying about the tone of the first Ant-Man films and even the way Ant-Man has showed up in, uh, in, you know, the, the MCU, yeah, he's like a not like a joke, but he, you know he's the comic relief guy. It's Paul, Paul Rudd, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because the first trailer kind of set it up that way too, where he's like, "Hey, everyone's like, hey man, no, 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 Scott," you know. Yeah. And and then it changed. Like they're like, "Nah, we're, this is not going to be your typical Ant Man fair." And I'm sure there's going to be some of that comedy and stuff, you know, because of course they do you know a great job of kind of striking that balance. I feel like the stakes are actually really, really high. And it has to be that way because Kang is going to actually have, you know, he's going to have yes. huge presence in the MCU. He's already kind of popped up in Loki. Um, you know, uh, I was asked in our group chat about the sort of restructuring of the MCU slate. And I think a lot of it does have to do with kind of standing up Kang as as the villain um, for the rest of the for the rest of this phase and the next, you know, the next the phase to come after because there's going to be two 
massive Avengers films. Yep. Um, and so, you know, like phase four felt very much of like, you know, 10% was what you knew. 90% was like, we're just going to like stretch to see how far we can push the envelope. And now it's like, okay, we got to start to reel some of this shit back in and get a little bit more direct with what, what the payoff is going to be because, you know, our characters need to go in certain directions, but it's that they've already planted certain seeds so that if they want to go in a different direction, they can. Yeah. I think, I think that what we're starting to see here and now is going to be a reset and a reboot of, of the Avengers proper. Like I, I, I really feel like um, just based on what I'm seeing in the trailer, like Scott Lang ain't making it out of this movie. I, I think he's going to die. <laughs> uh, Could be. And that would be a crazy way to start and end an Ant-Man film. And set up the next phase of the beloved hero who's everyone who's been like everyone's like best friend bites the bullet. Uh, yeah, that that's a that's a tone changer. Yeah, I mean, I, I phase four was kind of interesting because I almost feel like the Disney Plus shows, most of them anyway, did more to advance the overall story arc than the movies did. Like the movies, because if you look at the movies, it was Black Widow, which was a prequel, right, to all of mm-hmm. this. Then you had Shang-Chi, which introduces you to a new character, but it nothing really came of that, mm-hmm. at least in the other movies yet. Then you have uh, Eternals, which whatever. Then you had, uh, you know, Spider-Man, which... You know, again, yes, it did have the the multiverse concept and all that, and then Doctor Strange. But like those movies were very much like standalone in their set in a sense, right? Where it's right. like they didn't really do much. But whereas, like with the shows, Loki introduces you to Kang or the concept of Kang anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. actor that will be portraying Kang and a version of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had WandaVision, which started the whole like tease of the multiverse and all of that. That's right. You know, uh, Aunt, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier introduces us to the new Captain America. Right. Right. And, and, um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character. Right. Right. Um, so it's like those shows had some weight and Hawkeye, you know, brought in the, you know, Daredevil and, and yeah, uh, not gra- Daredevil, but level. the Kingpin, right, and the ground level stuff with Echo and mm-hmm. and then obviously Daredevil and She-Hulk. Um, so it's like they did a lot more to like advance and expand the universe than the movies did. And then, you know, Wakanda Forever did what it did, um, which was almost like a, you know, closing of one door and kind of yeah. the start of something else. So it's like now it's they're going to have to plant the seed for mutants. Yeah, now they're going to have to start driving this home with the movies, you know, so, you know, that's why this is going to be this next phase now is going to be really interesting uh, to see where they go. And I guess it all starts here with Quantumania. I mean, it would be interesting if Scott Lang dies. Um, You know, we we haven't had a a major event like that. Right. And and sure, if they if they do want to move on from. I mean, I guess he's not an original Avenger in this universe anyway, but he was, you know, an early on Avenger anyway. Right. Uh, then, yeah, you could slowly start to do that. Um, mm. And that would be a big moment. And and the thing that, you know, the decision to go with Scott Lang over Hank Pym, right, as the MCU's Ant-Man 
was that I mean I know Hank wasn't you know back years ago, but in in this world is that you can do the things with Scott Lang that you wouldn't make sense if it was Hank, right? Like make him goofier, right? Make him right. like a regular guy. Yeah, you because know, Hank Pym is otherwise like another brilliant scientist. scientist. Yeah, yeah no, exactly, I mean, exactly. Yeah, so you you want to go so and 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 now like if his death would actually have weight because yep. he's kind of like your buddy that you want to hang out with. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um. And and again, because we've lost Steve Rogers and we lost um, Tony Stark, you know, it's like okay, now you know here's another person that we've lost. I don't know if they're actually going to do that. Now I don't, I think I might almost be disappointed if they don't. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely interested. I mean, this one is um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I hope that they do finally start to blow the doors off this a little bit. Yeah. You know, I would. I think I might be a little annoyed if this is another like mostly standalone film. No, I don't. I, I think it, it. I mean, it has such. It has to stand up. Kang as a true threat yes. uh, for this film and I think in that that alone is means that there has to be some sort of repercussions of this film yeah like and it I ha- think... there has to be open-ended enough yeah that it has to connect to the other the other stuff and make him feel like a like an uh, like a menace so that when you're watching the other stuff I mean they could close it off because then you know then you might think oh um if he's out there, why isn't he sort of infiltrating these other these other properties, these other you know these other stories? But but you know the idea that he's well, this brings in, him looming in the shadows, yeah, or looming in the multiverse uh, with this sort of impending. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna conquer everything. Is uh, I think is good good to keep in the back of your head. Well, I think I mean that at least based on what I what I've seen, I think this is where now he comes out right. Like this is the event that gets him out of the shadows. Yep. And like yep. in deeply involved, you know? Um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, what do you think? What are you thinking for that? As far as like box office and stuff. I mean, they're marketing it like interesting. Cause if you look at like the posters and stuff, like Ant-Man and the Wasp is very tiny. <laughs> And well, quantum mania. Well, yeah, the name and quantum mania yeah. is very Massive. big. Yeah, yeah. I think so... I think it's gonna be. Uh, and it almost feels like an adventure Avengers level type film, in a way. Um, because it, you know, I, I think it's gonna, you know, I think this is gonna this is gonna make more money than the first two Ant Man films. Obviously, the the second one made more than the first, right? Uh. This will absolutely crush the second Ant-Man film. Um, we'll see. I mean, word of mouth has to be has to be good, and I have to I, I have to I think that they've got to take it. They've got to take this one seriously. Yeah. So if it, to your point, if it ends up being like a real buddy buddy kind of like oh, and everyone kind of comes out of this movie unscathed, then the stakes aren't going <coughs> to be there, and I think people are still going to be left wondering like, oh, so what? Yeah, like he who remains at the end of Loki was enough of an intriguing thing to go. Holy shit! Like that, what this dude just explained at the end of Loki is like next level. Yeah, can't wait to see what happens next. And now you're getting the next variant of of that character. The dude has to be frightening, and he has to be compelling. You know, he because he, he, he's a human. It's not like an alien. He's the dude has to come from from a place where you're like, 
And I think just because it's him, he may be the be the thing that unlocks like the excitement for Fantastic Four or elevate the excitement for Fantastic Four because in the comics, Kang's real name is Nathaniel Richards and he is a descendant of of uh I almost said Keith Richards. <laughs> Reed Richards. <laughs> Reed Richards. <laughs> it would be really cool if he was a descendant yeah. of Keith Richards. It would actually explain <laughs> how Keith Richards has basically been a hundred and five since he was born. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh you know, so so yeah, I'm 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 intrigued. Yeah, I'm so just for reference, the first Ant Man did 519 million uh, total, and the second Ant Man and the Wasp did 622 and a half million mm-hmm. worldwide. Wow. Okay. So what do you think? An 800? Yeah, I mean 750, 800. I mean, don't forget they're not opening in China. Right. So. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say seven hundred. Uh, like, that's a. I'd say that's a medium, medium expert, medium to high. Okay. But we'll see. February seventeenth, so a Coming month, soon. almost exactly a month, a from, month away. Yeah. Hoorah! And it's but. amazing that uh, Peyton Reed has stuck. You know, he's done yeah. all three of the Ant Man movies. Because uh, yeah. we know how that's gone, right? With directors, <laughs> right? In, right. I know. mean, that franchise itself, you know, had uh, what's his name, uh, Edward Edward Wright, Edgar Wright, yeah, Ed- Edgar Wright. Sorry. Well, he's the one who. I mean, Edgar Wright was. It's kind of like The Rock and Black pitch. Adam. I mean, Ed, yeah. Ed, Edgar Wright was pitching an Ant Man film before like M- the MCU was even a thing, right? Um, uh, at least he pulled off a decent film, though. Yes. Yeah. Stab, stab. Dwayne I mean Johnson. Two hundred, two hours and five minutes. So at least it's not one of these like four hour things that they've no. been doing. So, uh, all right. So we have been watching some stuff, right? Yep. Um, so I watched. Well, we both watched Glass Onion finally. Yes. And uh, so I don't know anyone who remembers back when it feels like it was a hundred years ago now, um, when Knives Out came out. That I I love mysteries. And I love, like, comedy mysteries. Um, But I was a little disappointed with Knives Out. Like, I was, like, the only person, I think, that was disappointed with Knives Out because I feel like I was sold something that it really wasn't enough of. Like, I felt like it was... I thought it was going to be more of a comedy mystery than it was. Yeah, it was quite quite dark. Yeah. Uh, I didn't dislike it. I just... I thought it was good. I just was a little, like, I... People were like, oh, this is the best movie of the year and all that stuff. And I was just a little disappointed with it because I think my expectations are really high. With Glass Onion, I loved it. (laughs) I loved Glass Onion because I felt like Glass Onion hit the perfect tone and feel for what I was expecting with Knives Out. Um, I thought it was great. I loved the characters. uh, Loved the cast. The story. I love how, like, the, the... Second half of the movie is basically a flashback from a different perspective. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Loved it. And I think what I need to do now is go back and rewatch Knives Out mm-hmm. like from a different perspective now. Um, you know, and just see how I feel about it, understanding what it is, you know, and what it isn't. Uh but now but yeah, I thought Glass Onion was great and I I look forward to the next movie. And hopefully more, because I, I love the characters. And Daniel Craig is great in this. 
And uh, I mean, I know that they are making at least one more, right? Because Netflix bought two movies yep. from this, but hopefully they keep going. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, oh, and the other movie. Good. So I saw a couple movies this weekend. I saw, um, I watched The Menu, which I, I thought was really that, good. That was with, with Ralph. Ray Fiennes, yeah. So it's uh, it's on HBO Max right now. It's uh, basically it's like a it's like a black comedy horror movie uh, where Ray Fiennes plays like a celebrity chef who mm. invites these people to like an island to enjoy like a a meal that he's presenting, you know, and um, and uh, then bad things start to happen. That's really good. And I watched Sick, which is on Peacock, which is the new Kevin Williamson movie or slasher film. Mm. Uh, and um, actually, the um, I think her name is Gideon Adlon. It's Pamela Adlon's daughter. She was the girl from Blockers. Like that was like the nerdy girl that oh, realizes yeah, yeah. she's a lesbian at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like the main, the lead. And I thought it was really good. Like I enjoyed it. It's it's very Kevin Williamson, you know. So it's got his fingerprints like really all over it. But uh, it's like a COVID slasher film. Oh, cool. So yeah, it takes place in April of like 2020 during the lockdowns and stuff. So. So that's on Peacock. So I recommend that. It's an hour and 23 minutes. It's an easy watch. It's just a, a simple slasher film, but with a lot of self-awareness. So if you're into like the Kevin, Kevin Williamson style, like slashers, um, give that a shot. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess on that note, we can get out of here. Um, you can check us out on thefanboygarage.com. We still have the, the podcast still has its Twitter at the mm-hmm. fanboy garage. Uh, we no longer have our individual Twitters, uh, but of course you could find the show also on uh, Instagram at the fanboy garage. And uh, I don't know, Aaron, if you want to, could people find you anywhere? Yeah. I mean, you really can't. I uh, find me on Instagram. Same thing. Aaron speaks. Um, and th- thank you for, for everyone that's been uh, pinging us on, uh, on Twitter uh, with direct messages or emailing us, uh, asking about the show and and expressing your your love for everything we've been talking about uh, for the past couple of years, uh, the show will, will keep keep going strong. Um, we do it. We do this for you guys. So thank you. Yeah. All right. And that's it. Yeah. All right. Till next time. See you then. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. 